Welcome to the Leadership Void Podcast. Enrique and Vince here, and we're all about helping you develop and fill the areas of void in your leadership. Let's get started. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Leadership Void Podcast. I'm Enrique Vince, my co-host, and today we're back in Texas. It's big enough to go two or three times, right? But uh, we're with uh, a brother of mine, Navy brother. So hoo Navy, and uh, I'll let Vince introduce. Oh, absolutely. Definitely. We're honored today to be joined by Mike Sorelli. He is the CEO of Talent War Group from Austin, Texas. So welcome to the show, Mike. Start off and tell us a little bit about you. Uh, absolutely. Thanks for having me, guys. Uh, humbled to be here. And I know we've met through LinkedIn, which is a powerful tool. And I, I call it the last bastion of uh, professional social media, I guess. Um, that's probably rapidly changing. So I was born and raised in the Bay Area. Uh, after high school, even though, uh, you know, usually traditionally most of the kids from my neighborhood go to college, uh, I did do a short stint in college, very short, and enlisted in the Marine Corps. Uh, I'd met a, a force recon Marine who was like the, like just the, the ultimate human. And I'm like, I want to be just like that guy. And if the Marine Corps organization that, uh, that, that, that formed that individual, then that's the organization I was going to join. The Marine Corps was formative, uh, in really laying the leadership foundation for me that I knew. Um, and then after a while I had worked with some Navy SEALs, the war kicked off and they were at the Vanguard. So I moved from the Marine Corps direct transfer over to uh, the uh, the Navy, tried out for the SEAL teams, it worked out, and then did 20 years uh, total, uh, 10 combat deployments, uh, very fortunate to be surrounded with just what I consider to be some of the just most high-performing humans, but uh, all military careers come to an end, so I had to redefine myself. I went and got an MBA at the University of Texas, which was humbling at the age of 39 um, and 40, and um, you know then, have gotten into entrepreneurship. I've started a number of companies. Talent War Group uh, in particular is a management uh, consulting and executive search firm. We've got a deep bench of senior special operations leaders who have also cut their teeth in the business world. So uh, we have a product offering in terms of leadership development that's just unrivaled uh, on the market. And uh, I tell you, Mike, I've uh, followed you since you at, since post MBA, and you started the whole uh, interaction and co- collaboration with the University of Texas. So, congratulations, yes. brother! That whole journey up until now, um, I am a witness of it. So I've seen it. So congrats on that. So tell us a little bit more about the Talent War Group because that's a that's a new thing, but it's a powerful thing. Yeah, it's funny you bring up the University of Texas because when I was there, uh, Admiral Bobby Inman, um, also who was the former deputy director and de facto director of the CIA, uh, uh, William McRaven, Admiral McRaven, General Tony Cucalone, and great business leaders, Bob uh, Pearson, helped me uh, start something called the Vetted Foundation, which was basically an MBA light in partnership with the University of Texas and Texas A&M University. And we ran 25 veterans, very senior military leaders through the program to give them the the, the business or financial acumen that they lacked. It was highly successful, but the program failed because we ran into some political blocking in Texas. I should have understood the landscape, the political landscape, and uh, I failed to apply the military planning procedures that we learned 
um, is know your environment. And I didn't. And it, it was a failure, uh, even though we did good work. And that was that was crushing. It crushed me. But uh, had some great mentors that said, Mike, pivot, pivot and take it for profit. And that's what we did. Um, and Talent Work Group was born. Actually started as EF Overwatch, uh, partnered with uh, Jock Willink and Leif Babin, but we split. Um, I wrote a book called The Talent War uh, alongside George Randall. Uh, and that book was uh, how special operations and great organizations win on talent, uh, mainly how they hire people into the organization, which has hit bestseller in uh, 10 categories. We just hit 30,000 books sold. Um, just, you know, if you ask my parents, they would have never have guessed that. I would have never have guessed that. Um, and I'm glad it resonated with business leaders. So Talent War Group uh, does really focus primarily on the management consulting, which we love leadership development. We love coming in and sort of restructuring your HR so that your HR is working in your benefit is a strategic, uh, you know, uh, lever for CEOs to pull. And then we also do the executive search placements, placing, uh, you know, very senior leaders into uh, C-suite or senior management positions. Congratulations on the 30,000 definitely book sold. That's amazing. That's a highlight right there, an accolade for you, sir. I, I would ask you, Talent War Group, how are you currently holding up with the pandemic? Did you have to do any pivots or are you riding the course the way you founded it as you smile? <laughs> so Vince, there were a lot of sleepless nights uh, when the pandemic hit because we, we made it, we assumed, we assumed that companies would start furloughing people, letting people go. And of course they would stop hiring. And we saw the opposite. And again, remember Talent War Group focuses, we do work with Fortune 500s and we do leadership development with Fortune 500s, but most of our executive search placements are at the small to mid-sized business uh, level. Um, and we actually saw the, the biggest increase in placements in the history of our firm. And we have pivoted. We've, we've gotten more heavily into leadership development and the, the HR and talent consulting. Uh, and that's really starting to become the mainstay uh, of, of our business. But, you know, for business leaders, uh, same you know, thing I would recommend in our special operations community um, or my career is don't ever get comfortable. Do what's necessary to stay relevant in the market. And we all want to get comfortable. Let, let's be honest. That's just human psychology is lazy. And we want to default to, hey, we, you know, I've heard business leaders say, if I can just get my business, business to this level, we can coast. And I'm like, that is the biggest fallacy in the world. Because the second you're like, hey, we can just coast from now, you, that's when you're going to see the first down quarter or series of down quarters. Uh, there is no coasting. Um, there is no one leadership uh, system or style. And, and that's what's amazing is when you see leaders like General McChrystal, or a guy who I hold dear, Dave Cooper, the, these very senior level leaders coming from the military, uh, reassessing how they lead, then I think that is a signal to all the leaders of this nation, business leaders especially, that you know your leadership is always under development. In fact, Chris Fussell, who was one of my best mentors in the military, he's the president of McChrystal Group, General Stanley McChrystal's uh, consulting firm, uh, once told me, Leadership is such a vague art and requires constant reassessment. 
So I cringe when I see these business leaders that have, that have, you know, met with some, some success or, or a lot of success. And they figured they're like, Hey, this one style is it. Uh, it's not. And if you continue to apply that one style uh, or that one leadership system, you will eventually get bit in the ass because you're not innovating and adapting and leadership requires innovating and adapting, which means innovating and adapting the way we lead. Yeah. With, uh, I think we both Vince and I totally agree on that one being leadership developers ourselves. We understand that we first must develop us, right? And so if we're constantly developing us, then you must be constantly developing on the leadership side. Now, uh, you, you talked about uh, what the Talent War Group, uh, its main function is. Tell us a little bit of what the future holds for the Talent War Group. I think we are going to make a pretty big announcement here, probably in the next month, where Talent War Group is aligning with two other leadership development management consulting firms to offer, again, a, a leadership development uh, solution for businesses that, that is unrivaled. So if we bring these two other organizations together, which I'm pretty sure this is going to happen, uh, the, the, the talent pool of our leadership development uh, consultants grows immensely. And actually, the wealth of knowledge that comes into what we're calling this collective, uh, again, uh, if I was a business leader, I'd go out and hire, hire this, you know, this, this collective to come in and build or design the leadership system that's going to exist within our, our company. And again, uh, for companies, it's not, hey, we're just going to bring in these leadership instructors once and that's it. No. What we look for in our partners is to create a habitual relationship. Because like I said, your business environment is going to change. The way you develop your leaders is going to need to change. The attributes, attributes you're going to need to see in your employees is going to be different five, uh, five years from now. And so you're going to have to develop them and mentor them in different ways. And so that's really what we love is creating long-term relationships with our, our clients. If you bring us in once, I call that leadership by inoculation, where I might as well come in with leadership vaccines, line your people up, give them a shot, and be like, go forth and do great things. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. You need a flu shot every season, right? Because the flu, uh, it, it, it adapts. Well, so do you. So does your organization. That's why leadership development is a... Uh, 24-7, 365 thing. You know, we're excited because, of course, initially you said you have a deep bench uh, in the arena. I'm saying with this collaboration partnership, you're going to have the whole arena. So yes. kudos to you and your company doing that. Uh, so let's dive in. You talk about the formative years in the, in the Marines of your military career. Uh, so let's discuss uh, leadership now. What professional development areas, Mike, do you work on to improve your capabilities as a leader? You know, I, I'm going to say the number one thing, and I don't think it'll ever change, is self-reflection. Uh, but self-reflection is is continually assessing the way you lead. Um, it, it really reinforces humility. Um, while I, I'm proud of some of the things I accomplished in the Marine Corps, and some of the, and you're proud of some of the things I accomplished in, in the SEALs, if I bring that 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 same leadership style into a business, it would prob probably be catastrophic. It, utterly catastrophic. So I've got to lead and set the example of not being set in my ways. And as the, and COVID is a perfect example. COVID has changed everything. Do I like people working remotely? 
I'm not a fan of it, but guess what? That's the new environment. And so, you know, I'm not going to force people who will leave their positions uh, to come in if they want to work remotely. So I need to adapt. I need to change. Despite my feelings about remote work environments, I need to find a way to, to, to make that work because people will simply just leave. And you're seeing that with this environment. And a lot of business leaders are frustrated. I get it. Um, it's also like communicating. You know, I, I'm very direct in my communication style. Does that work for the younger generation uh, in certain personalities, regardless of generation? No. So I've got to adapt the way I communicate to them uh, and try to match their style. Um, some of the things that we hear business leaders say, and we heard this one recently is, well, if, if my next line of leaders don't adapt to my leadership style, I'm just going to replace them. Uh, I'm going to fire them all and replace them. And it's like, whoa, buddy, whoa. If you're making that statement, you are not looking in the mirror and, and potentially saying, hey, what am I doing that's alienating four of the most senior leaders below me in this company? Am I, am I failing to set the example? Am I failing to listen to them? Am I failing to work with them as a team? Because we all want the same outcome. We all want this business to boom. Because if this business is booming, it means we're taking care of all our people. And more importantly, we're taking care of ourselves and our families. So um, self-reflection is probably the common thread I saw amongst all the great mentors I've worked for. Again, some of them I've mentioned is they weren't above looking at the way they were leading, admitting that they were wrong. And then coming to the people and saying, hey, I, I, I wasn't leading well, and here's, here's the changes I'm going to make. Um, they're not self-deprecating. They don't loathe on it. Um, as Lisa Jaster, a good friend of mine, who's the third woman to graduate Ranger School, said, uh, embrace failure, but don't, don't get married to it. Embrace it, accept it, learn from it, and then move on. Uh, and that's what these leaders did. But again, self-reflection is so damn powerful if you can look in the mirror and honestly be honest with yourself. Such a powerful moment to actually actualize, right? Uh, leadership starts with you. And that's the bottom line. Anything that you want out of anyone must start with you. And if you can't set that example, I agree. It'll end up being catastrophic, probably for all parties involved. So as you was emerging as a leader, both Marine Corps, Navy SEALs, you must have heard something that just rocked your world and said, you know what, that's as golden as it gets. So what advice can you give emerging leaders that you may have gotten as you was growing up in leadership? Yeah, I'm going to go back to Chris Fussell's quote. Again, leadership is such a vague art that it requires constant reassessment. That is one of the most beautiful quotes I've ever uh, just heard. And it's a wake-up call that despite how much success you, you've encountered in life, if you try to do the same thing, if you try to fight the same war, uh, with the next war, you're, you're most likely going to lose. It's like Napoleon's quote, my, my strategy is to have no strategy, which when he said that, he meant he approached each problem set as it was. He assessed it for what it was, and then he came up with his solution or his framework to solve that problem or, or to attack the, uh, the, the, the enemy in front of him. And, and that's beautiful, is the leaders will do what's necessary to adapt, to innovate in order to main, remain relevant in the marketplace. Now that said, are there some things that are universal with leadership? Yes. 
there are some things that are universal and always will be. You, they're irrefutable. You can consider them uh, laws of uh, laws or, or leadership principles like truth. If you lie to your people, you will lose your leadership capital. You will lose all credibility. There's certain things like that are that are fundamentally true. And that's why I say the Marine Corps was formative for me, is they laid down those laws uh, of leadership that they said, you can never break these. Set the example, lead by example that, you know, uh, and we're seeing it right now, rules for thee, not for me. I, I don't know how our national leaders thought that was acceptable. You have to follow these rules, but I'm not necessarily going to follow the same rules. That do as I say, not as I do. Uh, no leader is going to survive um, it, it, as, as a business leader. They're going to survive as a politician. We've seen that, but those are completely two different environments. One has accountability and one has none. Did I just make this political? <laughs> <laughs> well, it is a part of the reality of what we're going through in, in life, but I appreciate those comments. And, but here we are, you know, facing these uh, unprecedented times. We all have challenges, and that challenge, it's a breakthrough for some. But how do you either embrace that failure but don't get married to it, as you mentioned? You know, how do you handle challenges, Mike? Are you currently facing or have faced in the past? Yeah. Um, you know, my current challenge is I'm, I'm trying to juggle uh, a lot of things. Um, you know, as I said earlier, guys, I'm, I'm heading to skydive into Mount Everest to try and raise 500000 for in organizations that that's probably close to you guys, the Special Operations Warrior Foundation, based out of, uh, is it, uh, I'm trying to remember the base in, uh, in Tampa, um, right, right next to the US SOCOM, but they fund the education uh, of fallen uh, special operations uh, operators. For, they, they fund the education of their children. Um, you know, running this business, uh, writing a second book, writing the men's journal columns, uh, doing the Truth Plus, tribe podcast um and and i've broken my my own principles is you know what do we what do we say in the military two things shitty one thing well um well i'm trying to do five things crappy and and, and not doing any of them well so um you know it's only my wife is my best uh sort of uh let's say judge of what's going on in the right course of action and she's begging of me just begging me to drop you know, two of the, uh, the five things, but I won't, I won't, I'll keep driving. And, and I know I'm, 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 I'm making the wrong decision by doing that, but I'll do it anyways. And, and it's funny, leaders do that all the time. You know, you're making the wrong decision, but you still do it anyways, because you have this, this, uh, uh, you know, this, this perception that you can, you can break through and do what others, uh, do what others can't. Uh, and you can only do so much as a leader. It's like span of control guys. And you've probably heard this is as a leader, your span of control is usually, you know, depending on industry and functions, it's usually no more than 10. It's no more, even as a CEO of 155,000 uh, person organization, you can only really control 10. And you hope that those 10, uh, not control, but uh, inspire the next 10 and those next 10 inspire the, and you've got that unbroken chain uh, of leadership within your organization. Um, but don't, don't convolute or, or overestimate uh, your ability to influence and inspire uh, a, a large mass uh, of people. It's more difficult than you think. And I'm dealing with that right now. Yeah, definitely 
times of change and and hardening up there uh, you know as you juggle these five things um you know i would always advise go ahead and follow your wife but <laughs> but in any case you know change is inevitable you know and and vince has a quote that he loves to throw around with change right um what you do with change and what you do with times of change is what really matters right so what strategies, Mike, do you have around change and how can you uh, advise someone else? You know, this is how maybe you should handle it. Don't fight it. Don't fight it. Again, remember I said that, you know, we just want to get to a point in life, life where we can just coast. Well, uh, life has a, a different plan. And change, if you resist it, will win. You know, every day of the week and twice on Sunday, it will always steamroll you. So, you know, Accept that change is going to happen and embrace it, embrace it. And just simply take a breath, look at the circumstances that, you, that you're facing, and then simply attack the problem one step at a time. And, you know, once people can make that mental paradigm shift that I own this company and it's never going to be easy and it's going to require me to constantly change and, and, and drive change within, within my organization, which means I need to lead by example, no matter how frustrating it is, is once you can sort of make that uh, mental paradigm shift, you accept each change in each problem as it, as it occurs. And, and um, that's easier said than done, but embrace change and understand it's just part of life. I mean, in special operations and on the battlefield, you had a plan going in. But as we, we say, the, the environment or the enemy always had a vote. And they said, yep, we see your plan and we're, we're going to go this direction. And you've got to react. You've got to react quicker, faster, and more violently than they are. Um, and, you know, the, 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 the leaders on the battlefield that couldn't embrace that, they, they, they stuck with their plan. It usually met catastrophic results. And so the leaders that were flexible, uh, were malleable, were, were always more acceptable. And, of course, the common thread there was they embraced change. Well, folks, you heard it first from Mike. Definitely a lot of pros of wisdom talking about embrace change. But if you listen to this podcast, you're going to hear a lot of pros of wisdom, a lot of great things. Plus, he's writing a second book. He is going to skydive Mount Everest. He just put it out there. But there's a lot of great things this young man is doing uh, to help others. And for folks that want to contact you, Mike, or the Talent War Group to have them part of their arsenal, uh, how do they go about doing so? Yeah, you can contact me at Mike at talentwargroup.com. Um, you know, for the Mount Everest thing, again, we're raising 500,000. If you go to legacyexpeditions.net, uh, they can find the trip in a, in a place to, uh, to make a donation. Uh, we've already raised $50,000. Um, uh, we'll, we'll make the announcement later, but a chairman CEO uh, of a Fortune 50 company made a very, very nice donation. Um, again, that, that's America's leaders. Uh, they didn't serve but they contribute uh, with what they can, their resources, which is sometimes money in the hope that the organizations they contribute to utilize that money well. And I'll tell you the Special Operations Warrior Foundation led by retired Major, Gen uh, Major General Clay Huttmacher is a wonderful organization that's making sure every penny goes uh, to those kids. And folks, so we'll have all that information as part of the video and the show notes so that you can contact Mike and the uh, effort of, of raising this uh, amount of money. 
uh, with a very dangerous feet. Well, I'll tell you, you know, I might step on Mount Everest, <laughs> but hey, jump out and, and land on it is another thing that only Mike can do. <laughs> so we'll let him do that. Uh, folks, if you want to contact us, the leadership void at gmail.com is where you will find us. Email us any suggestions, requests that you have on uh, speakers that you want us to host or topics that you want us to cover because uh, we do it in multifaceted fashion. So email us there. We'll be sure to curate all those things and uh, see to it that we address it. Yeah, absolutely. And we had the honor today of speaking with uh, Mike Zarelli. Uh, three other things we want to let you all know. A, we do a buddy check. We call it radio check, the first and the 15th at 1900, which is 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And you know, there's a lot going on, but we want to check on our brothers and sisters that done service in the military uh, or a first responder. So first and the 15th, 1900. Our subscription goal to reach 200 is going strong. Once you hit click subscribe on our YouTube channel, The Leadership Boy, you're going to win uh, into the joint to that standing you owe by Scott McGregor, that book, a salute edition, a lessons in gratitude, which is a great book, an autograph, by the way. And lastly, next week, we're honoring the Air Force 71st, fourth birthday with a very special guest. So please tune into that. But today we're here honored with uh, Mike Sorelli, uh, the talent war group and his cause to make a impact for others out there. So thank you, Mike, for being here. We thank you for what you're doing. Enrique, Vince, thank you for having me. Thank you for tuning in to the Leadership Void Podcast. If you have any topics you would like to discuss or you are dealing with leadership issues, be sure to write us at theleadershipvoid at gmail.com. Don't forget to subscribe and share. Until next time.